Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Hello and thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. My name is Jay Shearer, a pastor and certified kingdom advisor. We appreciate the fact you're using wisdom from this podcast to facilitate better financial stewardship in your life. If you have questions about today's podcast, feel free to give me a call at 888-226-7614. That's 888-226-7614. You can also find our information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. We've got uh, several thousand. I think we just crossed the 6,000 mark that's following the, the page there at Kingdom Plan Advisory. <clears throat> a lot of good information. I usually do some short videos throughout the week uh, regarding financial stewardship. But I'd love to have you join us on those. I'm going to get into a delicate subject today about a question that I'm often asked. So I, I, I want to preface uh, what I'm about to say <clears throat> that... This is an opinion. People ask my opinion. I usually don't share my opinion unless someone says, Jay, I would like to have your opinion. Uh, opinions are a luxury. Sometimes it's better just to listen. But if someone asks me uh, about the following subject, I, I do have an opinion, and I'll share that opinion with you today based on my my understanding of Scripture and, and kind of maybe a little bit of, of wisdom uh, involved with the answer. <clears throat> So, I get asked the question of, should churches assume debt to build a bigger sanctuary, to do remodeling, to do different things to the church? Uh, most recently, I had a question uh, that a uh, church needed about a quarter of a million dollars uh, that they did not have uh, on hand, that they wanted to build basically a coffee shop uh, in the church. Regardless of what the, the need is, my opinion is this, that churches should, should avoid debt, okay? Now, I'm going to share with you my, my reasoning behind that, but I, I really do not like to see churches assume debt. <clears throat> so here's, here's the first issue that people or churches... Um, are asking about Jay. We're bursting at the seams. You know, we've we've got so many people coming to church, and that's great. Church growth is great, but we need to build a, another church, or we need to build a bigger sanctuary, or we need to. And my answer is, slow down, Pastor. <laughs> slow down. <clears throat> you know, if if God is bringing them to you, figure out how you're going to handle it. Okay, it's a good problem to have. But but on his face saying, well, God is bringing all these people to to us uh, to to teach, uh, to share the gospel with and, and to shepherd. And, um, <clears throat> you know, if he's doing that, then then, you know, obviously he thinks we need a bigger church. <clears throat> I disagree. I disagree. That is a that is a weak. And once again, my opinion, I'm going to step on some toes. Uh, and I, uh, this is not meant to be confrontational in any way, but my opinion. I, I think it's a, a weak answer to a good problem. Okay? The first 
<clears throat> counsel that I give to a church that's experiencing that issue. And I wish every church come to me and said, Jay, what, what, what do we do? <clears throat> because we've got so many people showing up, uh, we just don't have space. First of all, take a look at what you got going on in the church. A recent church that I, that I was involved with um, expanded. They, they used their foyer. Uh, they put a big screen television in there. Um, and, and basically had live feed going into, from the sanctuary into this additional room. <clears throat> and people say, well, you know, that's kind of, you know, disjointed. I mean, it doesn't work well. And being an old military guy and an ex law enforcement guy, I said, listen, it says a wonderful place for your, your people to facilitate helping those that are visitors. <clears throat> and it also is a place for security in the church. And I hate to even have to talk about an issue like that, but it's a great place to position your, the, the, the people within the church that have the capabilities of handling a, a situation. Um, you know, so if, if they have to sit in the back, uh, maybe on a live feed, but can protect the congregation, you know, there, <clears throat> there are, are a lot of, of, of good that could come out of that. So that was just using available space. Okay, and the cost of that was a few extra chairs and a big screen TV. They already had the camera equipment. The second thing <clears throat> is is this, and I please please excuse me, clearing my throat. You know, I'm I'm been to, back to Florida, our, our Florida place, uh, and the pollen count is high. I think someone's shoveling in my throat right now, but I apologize. So if I'm clearing my throat, I, I don't mean to be rude. <clears throat> so. The, the, the next issue is, well, if you've used all of your available space, rather than build a bigger sanctuary, why don't you go to two services? Why don't you do a 9, 30, and 11? Well, Jay, that, you know, people just lose the fellowship that way. Ah, I disagree. I disagree. Now, my wife and I just uh, uh, visited a, a, a church in Naples this past Sunday, loved the church. Uh, they had two services, 9, 30, and 11. And for those people that that uh, couldn't attend, they had you know live live uh, video, I believe, on a YouTube channel or Facebook Live. Great, great opportunity to utilize without uh, uh, utilizing their, their their resources versus uh, accumulating debt. Okay, so th there's a couple answers there. A nine thirty and eleven. I don't think you lose fellowship. I really don't. Um, you know, if, if the person that you want to sit with in the pew decides they want to go at 930 and you can't go to 11, I'm sure that you can still talk to them the other six days of the week. You know, I, I don't think it's a valid argument of, of going into debt just because you lose fellowship. I, I disagree. doesn't make me right. I just disagree. So... Is there ever a time that, that a church should assume debt. I can't think of one. Now you may, you may, you may be sitting on the other side of this microphone saying, well, Jay, I can think of a reason. I can't. I cannot. If it ever gets to the space where, you know, you're doing a 930 and an 11 and um, you just don't have the space. People, that's when you, 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 you know, you look at your available resources and listen, it's not just you as the leadership of the church. 
Everyone that is attending that church has got a voice in what goes on in that church. You would be amazed at how Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, will step up to the plate when there is need. So if if you say, you know, we people, we've got to add on. We just have to add on. Lay that out to the congregation. Have a special offering. You know, it, that's when you bring in someone like me that that before the need ever arises and, and shows a, a congregation or a, a, a denomination or a church how to actually fund the church. You do it through the, the, the wealth transfer and estate planning, including the kingdom and, and the, both of those activities. And, and allowing the congregation to facilitate the, 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 the answers to the needs of the church. Okay. So I'll give you a for instance, and this was, was a, it started out as a bad story and I kind of got the, the hair on the back of my neck, got, got riled up and, and I kind of let the pastor have it, but a, it was a, and I don't want to go too personal on this, uh, but there was a need of the church. The, the church roof needed fixed. It was leaking. There weren't that many people in the church, maybe 40 or 50 people. Uh, but the pastor knew of one uh, somewhat um, disabled, older person in the church, uh, had a little bit of money. And they went straight to the that one person without ever speaking to anyone else in the congregation and said, you know, if, if you would pay for this uh, church uh, as a loan to fix the roof, uh, through the... The tithes and offerings, we'll go ahead and pay you back at 5%. Well, the person called me and said, Jay, I need uh, fifteen or $20,000. I can't remember what it was. Uh, and they said, uh, and, and I said, for what? You know, I get very protective of my clients. So, what, you know, what, what, you have no debt. You know, what, what is it? And I, I automatically assumed that someone was trying to take advantage of her. She said, well, the, you know, the pastor and his wife came to me and said they needed this for the church. I said, nope, nope, nope. I said, I'm going to call the pastor. <clears throat> well, I, had, I was familiar with this church. Called the pastor. I said, uh, I'm going to put you on the 6 o'clock news. <laughs> I was not happy. I said, you're taking advantage of someone who is, not number one, not mentally capable of making the, the financial decision. Number two, as a pastor, lay that out to your church. There may be some, some people within the church that are pretty handy with a hammer and nails. Um, and other people may have a few hundred bucks that they could, you know, come up with. And guess what? They did that, and within two weeks, the church roof was fixed. They fixed it themselves. But the, it was always the, well, we're going to borrow money because that's a lot easier. People, I don't think that we receive blessings when we when we put a church into debt. I, I just it just really doesn't pass the smell test for me. I, I don't like it at all. You know, if if the the church doesn't have the money, but there is a need, go go to your members, go to the congregation, and say this is what we got going on. Okay, this is what we got going on, and. Put everyone's heads together and allow, number one, allow them to vote, allow them to have a say in it, allow them, allow them to be a cheerful giver. That's the key. That is the key. You'd be amazed what people will do if given the opportunity. 
But for a, a church board to sit around a table on the first uh, Sunday night of every month and say, hey, you know, we, we, we had to put up some folding chairs. It's time to build a new sanctuary and we need about $400,000 to do it and we'll go down to the bank. I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Number one, if you've got that many people showing up at church, where's all the money going? Right? That, that's not a cynical question. I'm just, if, you, if you're actually talking to your, uh, the, the people that are, that are uh, worshiping in the church, I would assume, I would assume that the church is financially healthy or you wouldn't even consider going to borrow money. If the church is financially healthy, okay, before we start looking at raises and hiring additional uh, ministry staff and all these other things, people, one of the things that is lacking in churches in, in 2021, in the last 20 years, probably longer, um, is just lack of good budget sense, lack of good financial stewardship. Listen, the church is kind of like the government, right? So the people give their, their, their tithes and offerings, and they expect the church leadership to make good financial decisions. Well, we do the same thing with the government, and the government makes horrible decisions. But the church should not be the same, okay? We should be making good financial stewardship decisions. And going into debt is basically saying, well, we're the government. We'll borrow our way out of a problem. You can't do that, people. You just can't do that. So, once again, that's my opinion. I know a lot of just beautiful, multi-million dollar churches that are just loaded with debt, and they're paying their bills, right? But it's very presumptuous. Now, I want to ask you, and this is a modern-day question for the pandemic. Do you think tithes and offerings went down in churches across the United States, across the world? Do you think tithes and offerings went down? What about those churches that had accumulated debt based on their tithes and offerings for 2019? And they said, well, you know, we've got X number of dollars coming in. We can assume this debt because we want to build a bigger sanctuary or we want to build a coffee shop or we want to build a playground or we want to pave the parking lot or we want to buy a church bus. And all of a sudden, 2020 shows up, pandemic arrives, and people stop going to church. And a lot of those people that didn't go to church did not send in their tithes and offerings. You know why I know that? Because I've been I was a pastor the last three years at a church. The tithes and offerings went to almost nothing. Um, and it was hard as a pastor for me to say, hey, people, get your money in here, when a lot of those people were affected financially by the pandemic. Okay? You see, are you with me? It was very hard for me to, to lay guilt, <laughs> and I hate to say it like that, but hey, just because you're not a church doesn't mean the church doesn't need your money, right? A church should never be in that position. Everyone who gives at the church should be a cheerful giver. The, the pastor should never be, you know, strong arm and saying, hey, we're going to fold up. You know, they're going to foreclose on the church because uh, we assumed debt in 2019 thinking we're going to be able to pay the bills and we can't. You see, now you see, you understand why I'm saying don't assume debt. It's very presumptuous, all right? In a church setting, if you can't pay cash for it, my opinion is you don't do it. You don't do it. I don't think it's biblical. I really don't. The, the, the borrower is slave to the lender. It's presumptuous upon God 
God is bringing you the people, but when you say, God, we're going to borrow money, that means that you're going to have to keep things going the way they are, God, and you know the money's going to have to flow through just like it always has been, God, and therefore, God, if it doesn't work, it's your fault. That's very presumptuous. Very presumptuous. I'm going to stop there. I think you understand what I'm saying here. You know, I, I have shared this message over the last 10 or 15 years on radio several times. And then all of a sudden, this pandemic shows up in 2020, and it really started to make sense to people. They're like, yeah, now we get it. Now we get it. Um, our cash flow dropped 50%. Right? Tithes and offerings dropped 50%. People aren't giving as much. There are other churches that, that I have spoken with that said their tithes and offerings increased. Okay? So every church is different. But do not, do not put yourself in a situation, churches, churches, where you are presumptuous upon God's blessings. Right? God will give you those blessings if you're a responsible steward. I'll stop it there. Churches, if you have questions, you know, if you're a member of a church, you want to run something past me, you'd like me to speak to the, the, the elders, the deacons, the bishops, the minister, pastor, preacher, whoever it is, I'd be happy to do so. It's not that don't believe like me. You know, some of them are pro, pro-choice. I would, I, I consider myself a disciple. I, I want to be, I want to lead a life like Christ. Uh, and that's what he called his, his apostles, you know. Disciples, and I think we all should be disciples of, of, of Christ. So, once again, if you if you have questions, if you if you just want an opinion, if opinions, like I said, are a luxury. If you ask me for one, I'll give it to you. If you don't ask me for an opinion, I probably won't give you one. I I, I would rather listen to your your issue, and at the at the end of the conversation, I'm going to say, "Would you like to know what I think?" It's an amazing process when I actually do that with people. <laughs> They're like. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why we're telling you, Jay. So listen, let's stop it there. Um, reach out and 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 talk to me eight one two or I'm sorry eight 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 two two six seven six one four eight 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 two two six seven six one four. God bless. Consequent actions of truth guide and confirm His love and will in our understanding, guidance, and choices we make to live and act. In his truth. Much of this teaching was taken from reflections by Father John Triglio, Catholic Action. May we pray. Father, we thank you for the goodness of your love and for the creation of human beings, male and female. We thank you for the graces of the sacraments that we receive the beautiful experience of espousal love that imitates the love between the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. And we ask that you would give us wisdom and humility, care and understanding as we deal with these challenging issues in our contemporary society. And as more people become embroiled in these controversies, May we stand firm and strong with gentleness and goodness, love and peace and clarity to ourselves, those we love and care for, and our brothers and sisters. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.